Mixoplasm Advent Calendar Day 17, Chris Carter's Millennium. Now, I only know the first season particularly well, and I I like to sort of, I like the first season as it stands. I know a smattering of the other seasons, and I know that at some point, rather than working for this mysterious Millennium group, Frank Black um, comes into contact with them, and there's more over indication of supernatural stuff going on. Before then, in the first season, it's very much, um, uh, here's this magical realism thing again that I've talked about before. It's like, you're not sure if it's magic or not. You're not sure if Frank Black is really psychic and has the innate ability to see through the eyes of murderers, or if actually he's just really good at getting inside their head. And I like the way that that was understated. Um, and I, I've heard some people say, oh, yeah, of course he's psychic. And yeah, maybe he is as far as... It doesn't really matter because it's the it's the method and the results rather than the fact that there is supernatural. I mean, that's the kind of... I, I have the same feelings about that that I have about liminal fantasy and, all, and magical realism and also superheroes. It's like powers for the sake of powers aren't interesting. And it's the result that's interesting. And the times when powers might be hinted at are when the things they do are actually transgressive and they go against what we normally think of as, you know, what what physics can do and, and what society permits. And that's why I think that, you know, magic point-and-click spells, okay, they're, they're fine, it's nice to play a wizard in D&D, but it's, it's a bit like just using special technology. Whereas um, I like demons because um, particularly, you know, things like the, the demons in Sorcerer and, um, and in my own games, uh, because they're intentionally transgressive. I mean, they, they, the stuff they do is the stuff they do. They have a service they bring, but they also do, um, but they exact a price and it's the price that's interesting. So the, 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 what I remember of Millennium is the first season is essentially um, this idea of, I don't know, a cult of criminality or a cult of serial killers. And the suggestion that the many Monster of the Week style serial killer cases that Frank's Bla Frank Black investigates, Frank Black's played by Lance Henriksen as well, he's awesome. Um, but the many cases that Frank Black investigates suggest a wider network and an assembling of dark forces uh, ahead of the millennium. Uh, but it's it's not explicit at all. Um, I've got the first season on DVD, and I've also got two books, the unofficial companions to that. Those are really quite nice um, in in sort of talking about what the, where the series is going, and the um, and it talks to a certain extent about the themes of the series. One of them is is basically uh, because it all hinges around Frank's um, life. And it's the the way that he goes into the heads of very bad people and, and does um, an unimaginably horrible job in being uh, contacting murder all the time, because he. But he also has a very healthy home life and a good relationship with his wife and daughter, and it's like he's he is standing between a sort of a horrible police job that only he can do, and uh, and the people he wants to protect. Um, who are his family, and he wants to shield them from all the bad stuff. I like that theme as well. Overall, it's a grim subject, obviously, but is it that much different from all of the other, you know, murder of the week type 
stories that we get from the likes of um, Castle and and other you know long running episodic murder mysteries. It's just it shows more of the uh, well how the sausage is made, as it were. I mean that's a totally wrong analogy for talking about serial killing, um, but it, it it kind of talks a lot about the procedure and the thoughts going through and uh, implies the psychology. Uh, it does the sort of whole X file late 90s thing of being sort of very dark and grainy and gritty and i think that's that's partly because of the film stock used it's um i'm pretty sure it's sure it's still in full frame you know three by four uh and it's uh it has a particular texture to it um you know it feels like a sort of chris carter also did this um, and i understand that there is which I've, I've not seen it but i understand there is a millennium episode in the x-files like in season seven that acts as the unofficial close to the season to the whole millennium series uh which had mixed reactions i haven't seen that in some ways i guess millennium's almost lovecraftian um it has if you watch true detective i think that has very much the same sort of energy like um you can preserve some happiness in little parts of your life, but overall it's it's quite nihilistic. And that is pretty much what Frank Black is doing. Um, and that makes me think about, well, uh, how do we normally negotiate Lovecraftian scenarios where we know that the universe is bleak and uncaring? Um, what we mostly do is just, uh, it's just a bunch of investigators going into danger and finding stuff out. We don't really focus on the, the things that drive a lot of these characters um which will be what's their home life like what are they getting out of it what what are they anchored to that keeps them sane you know, literally sane and you know what that is in in terms of frank's life it's his family and i think that that is uh something that i would like to see more in lovecraftian type games rather than uh, I mean, yes, certainly if you want to do investigations, that's fine. And you want to show grim things, um, I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, but I think that um, I'd like to see a bit of a counterpoint to all the characters, if you're going to, like, really get into the characters. Like, um, rather than just have them be a, a collection of, of, of shotgun and, um, and archaeology skills. Just reading the blurb from the back of the companions, there's some really interesting bullet points at the back uh, that I felt were quite compelling. Um, so it's the, the the first one has got uh, background details of the FBI, um, a crash course in millennial thinking covering the prophecies, portents, and predictions of such famous futurists as Nostradamus and Isaac Asimov. Also, uh, background information on the real life events threaded through every episode. So if you if you really want to look into that. Um, and there's a uh, there's a quote from the Guardian, which is Millennium is dark six sin filmed with consummate class. It's like seven to the power of seven with added steals from the science of the lambs. I think that's yeah, that's pretty accurate actually. Um, the second book uh, has on the back of it um, talks about portents and prophecies again, which ones have been fulfilled and what predictions are waiting, and then. What is the criminal subculture and how does jail foster it? And what sort of criminal does it put back on our streets? And 
I think we know a lot more about that now, particularly with true crime and with more of a focus about um, what jail does and you know, the way that some TV series glorify it. Uh, we've got the uh, the Wire to thank for a lot of what we know about the what I assume is the more realistic end of that, and much better researched. But again, that is um, hang on, when was the Wire? Pretty much contemporary, but I mean, it, it it's kind of but it it's nice to see it in this book. This also has, and who are the members of the Millennium Group? So at some point I will pick up more of Millennium, but I'm expecting the second and third series, if I watch them, to be pretty much more of the same of what I'm already familiar with, which is, um, you know, Buffy and Supernatural and um, all the other grimy urban fantasy stuff that we have. And therefore not nearly as impactful as that first season where things were, um, they were a lot more focused. They were a lot more about, um, we're not talking about prophecies. We're not talking about magic. What we are talking about is a bunch of people who have been influenced in a particular way. I mean, speaking of prophecies and sort of you know, apocalyptic visions, I did ages ago talk about Hard Sun, um, which is the, um, oh, it was the, it was the guy who wrote Luther did it. It's um, I thought it was pretty crap actually. Uh, it it was it was not well written. I didn't like the way it was acted. I liked some of the ideas, uh, particularly the way that um, you know they, the impending destruction of the entire Earth resulted in hysteria and potentially um, cultish behaviour where people, well, at least one character goes all in on sort of creating a. Uh, a doomsday cult, cult of um, trepanned zombies, I think that's what they did. Yeah, uh, but it was rather cartoonish and, and silly. And um, Millennium isn't. Millennium's good. All right, uh, that's all I have to say about that one. So let's open the next door in the advent calendar. Oh, it's a book. 50 Creative Uses of an Industrial Microwave. Okay, great. Um, all right, I'll speak to you later. Bye. Fixoplasm Podcast. Words by Ralph Lovegrove. Music by Chris Zabriskie. Find out more at fixoplasm.net. Fixoplasm.